Minimalist Podcast is help you break in and thrive in advertising. We do that every week by sharing the stories and advice of those rocking it on the other side. Nashville, a booming city. According to Statista, Nashville's population is on track to increase by 11.7% from 2021 to 2030. Compare that to North America's track growth in the same time frame at 8.8%. The rumors are, in fact, true. People are enticed by the birthplace of bluegrass. But one agency has been there before the immense popularity. Bunton was established in the early 70s. And today, years later, Bunton sits in the rail yard district of Nashville and remains today a fiercely independent shop. One recognized by Ad Week as a top U.S. ad agency. And today we get to learn about Bunton in 2024. Jeffrey Bunton Jr. is on the show. And although Bunton was started by Jeffrey's father, Jeffrey's father actually encouraged him not to get into the advertising business and to pursue anything else, anything. But early in his career, Jeffrey had another mentor who encouraged him to give advertising a go and get real hands-on taste to see if it was actually for him. It was at his first job in an account role at Bozell in Chicago, now FCB, where he truly fell in love with advertising. He realized that this was an industry he was destined to be a part of, regardless of his family's path. In his time at Bozell, he discovered his likes and dislikes for the agency work, one dislike being what he observed as a genuine lack of empathy, understanding of human behavior. He started writing his own briefs in the first person, actually, to truly dive into the psychology of the consumer and bring those fluencies and the conviction approach to life. And since taking the helm and being the CEO of Bunton, Jeffrey has doubled the agency billings. So I asked him what it's like to run an independent shop, the state of Nashville, and how advertising influences culture there. Remember the rail yard district that I mentioned? Well, Bunton, the agency, coined that. And of course, we learn his story and advice. Hey, if you're thinking about heading to Nashville, Bunton should be on your radar and you should connect with Jeffrey. We have his LinkedIn in the bio. Tell him you listen to this podcast and they're always looking for great people. Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Bunton, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. How the heck are you doing today, sir? I'm great, Gino. Thank you for having me. Where are you recording from right now? I am sitting at my desk in our agency, Dusk, in Nashville, in a district called the Rail Yard District, which we happen, to, we happen to have named it, actually. You, what do you mean by that? We named the district. We, we planted a flag in a... A hundred year old building we renovated in a part of town that needed to be named and being an agency, we named it and we named it the rail yard district. It's That's a cool. rail yard one mile from downtown Nashville. It's pretty and, cool. and it's caught on. It's catching on. 
and okay. other people have followed us over here, maker types, production studios, content shops. And so it's been pretty cool to sort of create a part of town in the town you've been in. Ingrained in culture. I mean, We're, you're literally making culture, right? We talk about you guys are walking the walk. And so is that, this your, is this the building on your LinkedIn uh, cover photo? Uh, yes, it it's is. So very nice. Thank you. That's yeah, cool. So I'm sitting there. Brand new, it looks like. It's a hundred years old. Uh, we brought it, you know, up and back to its best version of itself, fully modernized it, tried to honor the story of what it originally was. Oh, and what was it originally in the short story? It was originally a train maintenance shed. It had four sets of train tracks that went through it, open air, no walls, 40 feet up to the trusses. And they worked on trains in here every day. Wow. Which is sort of maybe metaphorical for. Yeah, how do you only, connect the dots like, there? Not only, yeah, I think it, there is a connection. Not only like keeping the trains running, right, which is part of what we all do, but also like a train is an imaginative vehicle. Like it, you know, you, I don't know, me, most people don't ride trains, but if you think about, I'm on a train, like it's an experience. It's got some allure to it. It's taking me somewhere. There's sort of a thing about moving about by train. And so we try to hold on to some of that as we think about what we're doing with clients and for each other. I like that. Yeah. So this, this building looks really cool and it's in Nashville. How, how would you describe, I, I'm curious. So we've talked about on this show, and I, Chicago, New York, LA, mm. I guess my, what I want to know about is what's the ad scene like in Nashville? And I mean, have you been there your whole life? Yeah. So Nashville is, is I think similar to our agency, similar to Bunton, Nashville has gone from punching above its weight class to changing its weight class as a city. So, and I think people have heard more about it in the past six, eight, 10 years, but it has been always a creative city. And that was primarily rooted in identity around music. But today it is culinary creativity, writing, you know, art of all genres, graffiti art, certainly music. Brands are being built here. Innovation's happening here. There are 11 colleges and universities in Middle Tennessee. So there's this great sort of curiosity through academia that's infusing entrepreneurship into the city. So it's, it's a fun, cool time to be building and making things with your talents in this, in this, in this sort of area. Huh. Yeah. I mean, we've heard that it's one of those big growth cities, uh, along with, uh, Denver, I, be, I believe kind of falls in that category yeah. and, and Austin. Um, is that true? I, I mean, the, to lump those cities together, not obviously their individual, but do, have you noticed a growth and then, the intake of people like moving there and like these ideas as well as like an epicenter? Yeah. Is that, so, well, is that media? No, it's not media. I think it's, I think the media's fueled it, but it's also, I don't know how often media reporting is accurate. It's accurate when it comes to Nashville's growth. There are a hundred people a day coming here and I can say traveling a lot and remembering the days where I would travel and rent a car in Austin or Denver or Portland or somewhere else, New York or Chicago, no one would say, Ooh, Nashville. Now it's like, Oh, Nashville. I want to go there. I just went there. We're going there next month. And so you feel a currency of the city that's national and inter international now. And I think we've benefited from that as an agency and the city is benefiting in terms of your platform. It's benefiting from that talent infusion that that's attracting. Right. Right. 
I was going to ask you then. So how long have you guys, so you were, you're in this amazing building. How long have you guys been an agency in Nashville again? Can you remind me? So I, we have been an, an agency in Nashville for 51 years. Wow. I am second generation. So we just had our 51st anniversary in October. We were founded in 72. And yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask like, so the history, obviously your name's in this. Can you give me some context and tell me about the agency? Yeah. So the agency is a Bunton. It's based in Nashville where we're 50 plus years old, which I think is the least important thing. You know, we're independent. It's about $230 million billings under management here capitalized. So we're an independent shop with scale in a cool city called Nashville. That's been doing this a while. Before it was super popular. Before it was super popular. And we went from an agency that didn't exist to one that's pretty good at this for big clients in a city. And so we've sort of grown with, and as the city has put itself on the map, so have we. And I think we've been admittedly pretty quiet about it. We're kind of more apt to make the client the most important thing and us not the most important thing, but it's been cool to keep all the disciplines together in one place as an independent agency. So we talk about strategy grounded, idea driven, and we can activate through all the disciplines in an integrated way. And it's fun to have the combustiveness of that across different types of talent. And, and we all do that. Not everybody's in Nashville, but 125 or 30 of us, most of us are in Nashville doing that every day. Gotcha. And it's grown quite a bit. You, is it true you doubled the billings recently? Mm-hmm. Somebody, that- somebody sent you some statistics. So um, I came to the agency after Gino a couple of years in Chicago, um, working in the what, business. What were you doing in Chicago? I was, uh, I was figuring out whether I liked this or not. Ah, you had a little, little crisis moment. No, no, I, I'm the oldest of three. I'm second generation in our, in in our business. And I grew up being strongly encouraged to consider other things. Right. And so I, by your father. Yeah. And so what do you say to you? Do you remember that conversation? It's it's not what he said. He just, he basically implied that just because I've done this and you've been around this, it's pretty hard. It, It can be a challenge. Look at everything. And I think, right. It's exactly what any body should say to somebody else look at everything particularly at, you know when you're 20 so i got a taste for this through a different mentor of mine who's still a mentor of mine a, a woman that's just shaped a lot of the way i approach the business and she said you should go try this somewhere and that somewhere was chicago so i worked at uh what was then bozell worldwide 625 north michigan avenue Rode the 151 every morning, loved it. Tons of young people, all the agencies there, Jay Walter, Ogilvy, Boza, you know, we all got to be friends and acquaintances. And so there was a community and culture around being in advertising as a young person that I think is still pure and true and really wonderful. And it, 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 and the business, um, electrified me and I knew I wanted to do it. So to clarify, uh, did your father start up Bunting Group? He did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And you grew up with this and, you know, uh, he kind of was like, maybe don't pursue this route. It's, it's a lot of work. It could be some there, you know, it could take away. I get worried about that, Jeffrey. Uh, you know, I'm in that stage right now, exactly how you were describing it about like being young in Chicago with the agent. It's literally me right now. Uh, but I do worry a little bit about the future and how do I maintain, like right now, 
I'm all in. I, I want to excel up as fast as possible. No looking back, but like, I don't, you know, go out as much. And, you know, I, how do you raise a family and balance all that? Like, that is like a major concern to probably for me and probably a lot of our listeners too. How did you end up like balancing that? Yeah, well, I'm still, you know, everybody's working on something and that's one of the things I'm still working on. And I bet yeah. you everybody who's honest about it in the industry would say they are. I think one time on my dad, just, and it's not about that, this conversation, but, but I think he wanted me to have permission to do whatever I wanted to do and not feel some sort of tilt toward doing it just because he had. And I think he was also trying to coach that, you know, it can be, it's not always easy and nothing is. And I think also he was signaling that if you do get in this, you better get ready to earn your own stripes and be, be, be worthy of being in it. And I, and I, all those things have worked well for our agency and our clients and our people. So, um, we, you know, I, I know I have a three kids and the oldest is 22, 20, 20 in, in, when he was in like kindergarten, everybody draw a picture that reminds you of a parent. And he drew an airplane and said, this reminds me of my dad. And so mm-hmm. like, so there's a constant balance and life is about balancing more and more things right? until some point, I guess you get to simplify them, but I'm not there yet. Right. And we're still, I'm at my desk, but it's about just. Well, it's a very important podcast that you're on right now. You have to explain that to your, to, to people. I have yeah. no place I'd rather be, but, um, I think it's about making sure you stay authentic to your values in everything you do. And then the balance will sort of be there because you'll be yourself in those. You'll be present as who you are in the things you're doing in your work, in your parenting, in your relationships, in your charitable work, in your community. You know, it's like, I think it's hard to do, but it's like, it's not about balancing two different things. I think it's about being who you are in everything, the right right version. And then it's kind of, while it's not easy and the airplane may still be drawn, when you're in those moments, you're in them and you're present. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, must be present to win. Like if you're there, but not present, bad combination. Yes. Yes. I've tried to think about it. And I don't know that it works every time, but it's good to strive for that. When you're at home, be at home. When you're at work, be at work. Don't don't mix the two. Right? It's the best. So I'm present with you. That's right. That's why, well, I demanded <laughs> we turned off all of our Outlook notifications. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's why I like this, like my little therapy session. But less therapy, more about your agency. Who are you working with? Yeah. Where? Let's get into the fun stuff. Clients, culture. Yeah. Um, you know, for the aspiring advertiser out there, why should they want to work with you and yeah. your agency? Yeah. Well, I think first of all, our clients are 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 all types, and and we resisted the a decade or so, maybe more ago. People started to, to encourage us to specialize our agency. Yes, you, you need to become healthcare agency, a passion brands agency, a tech agency. You know, a startup brand agency, and we didn't do that. We resisted. I love the, that call to specialize because I think we respect that specialization is everywhere. And people were telling me like, this is what you need to be, need to do to build value for your agency. And I'm like, I'm not worried about building value for our agency. I'm worried about building value for our clients. So we have stayed broad and diverse in our client mix. We're across CPG, healthcare, retail, restaurant, franchises, passion brands. We're not, we're not Gallo, but we're not trying to be one type of thing. And I think we appreciate that in a world that's obsessed with what's different and everything that's sort of, to me, driven by specialization. 
there's power in finding what's in common across things and mining that to do something special. So our clients are Trex Decking, our clients are Coca-Cola Consolidated, our clients are Serve Pro Industries, our clients are the National Board of Certified Financial Planners, our clients are Malibu Boats. We helped relaunch Southern Comfort. So it's a real diverse mix of different yeah. types of clients and brands. I love it. And what's... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask, is there a, a, a recent launch of work that really personifies your uh, agency and what you're proud of? I think we try to get all the work we launch to personify what's what's right for the client brand. And mm -hmm. and if I don't want you to be able to see the agency in the work, you right. know, I want us to know what's under it. But I'll tell you what we work on through the work. And it's the positioning and sort of belief of our agency. And it's, it's a built around belief. It's we're working on building high conviction brands. And so we, we talk a lot with each other and our clients about, yes, getting attention is necessary and nice. How do we walk beyond being noticed to become believed in? And so if I say to you, Gina, like somebody's going to notice you tomorrow on the street corner and you're going to be like, do you want that? Or do you want them to really like get to know you and believe in who you are? You're going to choose probably both, but I yeah. doubt you'd say, nope, I just want to get noticed. And so we, we believe that's applicable to brands and also how you build the culture of an agency. Right. Cause yeah, I can walk out down the side of the road tomorrow and like bang drums or do something super silly. I'll get noticed, but that doesn't really matter because well, actually probably be negative branding, but a lot of brands kind of do that. They just make noise. I think, on the street. I think there's a, there's a client fatigue around striving for attention and then stopping Yeah. instead of striving for conviction and then planting seeds where, you know, yeah, that's what gets people to really believe in us. And it's our employees, it's our sales force, it's our investors. Of course, it's our consumers, but it's more than that. It's our, it's the retailers representing us. So we work hard on through the work building high conviction brands and right. it's, it's a philosophy. Yes. Like, do we believe hard in this? Are we ready to throw down for this? Do we want this candidate to come into the agency? Do we want this campaign to get sold in? But there's also a practice behind it. So it's, it's a mindset and it's a heart set, but it's also like the way we put our hands on things and try to build. Yeah, it, totally. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and the structure of the agency, uh, you know, is it more tr traditional structure? Uh, you got your account folks, uh, uh, copywriters, uh, art directors, anything, anything uh, different? In that, we we that have uh, we have all that stuff, but we put it together in, and it's not package it together. We put it together as sort of integrated brand teams. So in you know triangulating, or you know, we it's a diamond if visually. You know, here if you were looking at, at the wall across from me, every sort of client grouping has brand management lead, a media lead, a strategy mm. lead, and a creative lead team assigned mm. to it. And we really want to leverage the value of being an independent agency that has these disciplines together is to put them together in sort of protons and neutron, make a nucleus around brands through these different disciplines and blur the lines between Who's doing what? So it's truly the product is an is the is a fusion of those different perspectives and capabilities. And so that's and how I, we're built. 
I like that. And, and with the independent agency, you know, we, it's a recurring conversation on the show is uh, what's the difference between independent uh, and Ooh. holding company owned. And I guess you get the ability and the flexibility to do exactly what you want. There's not very many layers. You don't have a global team, perhaps that somebody has to also, I, I, I ladder up to a global team, but I'm also doing day to day in Chicago. And so those lines are like, it, it's kind of messy sometimes. Uh, but I, I mean, I love Havas. We, but. Yeah, we've tried to flatten the structure without losing the um, role we know the agency plays in mentoring people and helping people through challenges and providing training and guidance. And so I think it's a, agencies are an apprenticeship. You know, you need to be able to see somebody doing it the way we're all supposed to be yeah. doing it. So you just kind of model it and do more, do more things like that. But, but to cluster these talented people around clients is working for us. I think it's also building culture. And I don't have media in Singapore and creative in Paris and brand management in Nashville and strategy in Portland. It's like we sort of can hunt together and blur the lines between each other, but stay tight to clients. And it's been fun to put that in place. Got it. Great. So I want to ask you then, you know, usually I kick it back and we kind of already alluded to this. Um, you know, how did you get into advertising? How yeah. did you break in and th how did you break into this industry? But you alluded that your father, uh, was in the industry. He told you not to do it. You said, screw that, dad. I, you don't, you don't understand me. I'm going to do this. Well, I, the understanding is a, is a, I'll take that if you'll let me. I think, I think, uh, I knew I wanted to do it. And then pretty quickly I bumped into what I didn't really like about it. And that motivated me to want to do it in a, in what I feel is a unique way. So without, but I grew up sixth generation on a farm. So if you grow up with, on a farm of any type, any size, in my experience, sort of patch of land that's, that's, that needs attention, you learn to be with all types of people. You are intimately in, you know, exposed to and relationships with, depend on, you do things with all types of people. And so, and so in my childhood, my heroes were the families that helped us with this land. And I could sort of tick off their names and I can see their faces. And I was around them as a kid and I worked in the summers at the barn with them and all that. And when I got to Chicago and I really valued those people, Gino, I mean, it's, they were the heroes of my life. Um, not firefighters on TV or all that, you know, I want to be that when I grow up. I was like with these people. And when I got to Chicago and I was on the 27th floor of 625 North Michigan Avenue doing briefs. The people out the window were two inches tall. I discovered not only literally, but sort of metaphorically in the thinking of the agency, they didn't understand who these people walking the streets of, of, of in life. And they were, we, I was a part of it and I didn't, didn't sit well with me. It was sort of, I wrote down at that time, mechanized guesswork from a skyscraper window, like we're actually up here making shit up that we think is relevant to these people, as opposed to having the humility and the empathy to come down eye level and stand at the street and appreciate them for the presence they have in the world and in life and, and as quote unquote consumers, but more importantly as people. And so that really amplified my desire to, to do what I thought a lot of the quote, big agencies or the Chicago, New York, LA agencies couldn't do. They couldn't come down and walk the, walk the level ground with the people that really matter most to brands. And we got, we got after 
how to build an agency that really centered on understanding people and having empathy for lots of different types of people. I like that. I like that. And what was that role that you started off in, in the Chicago uh, market? I, I started an account service, account management, whatever yep. it's called. And, yep. uh, and I, and I, and we had a strategy team, kinda, mm -hmm. mostly an executive who used to do strategy. And so we did briefs and Bozell, you know, nobody listened to or even knows about, but you know, the crunch and the breakthrough were the sort of chaptering of their brief. And I, I didn't find the format of the brief to lead you to empathy or anything very substantive or real about people. So I started writing the briefs I worked on. St. Pauli Girl Beer, Midway Airlines, Shopco Stores, Genghis Formula. I started writing the briefs that I worked on in the first person. Hmm. And the creative team instantly was like, whoa, this is, this is different. This is way more helpful. This, this is like, and I can see them grabbing for pads or pencils or, you know, before phones and laptops. I could tell it was striking something more authentic and more inspiring to them to then jump into the work. Hmm. So you, you switched up the brief process. So did, so was strategy or calling? As, I didn't, know? I, yeah, I didn't. First of all, it was my sort of, I went from wanting to be in advertising to knowing what I didn't like about advertising to starting to feel like I had a path to do something about it. And that, like that. that felt good because I think you back to show up with your values, wherever you are, that was yeah. my version of that. So I didn't change the brief process. I changed the way we wrote them or I wrote them and I'm yeah. first person. And so a couple of times along the way, more than a couple, ultimately the words I would put into the brief would become part of the actual work. So there like, whoa, that turned into a headline or whoa, that uh got chosen in the body copy. And I loved it because it's flattering one, when you're an account guy who does strategy differently, and then that jumps the track into like the creative copy. Thing. Yeah. I want to use that, but also like, why not blur these lines? Yeah. Why do we have these sort of territorial walls around this stuff? Why don't we let, you know, with trust and vulnerability, some of these approaches to things blur in and out of each other. And so I will credit Jeff McCartney, who was the writer I was doing this with and some yeah. whoever else. They allowed some of that to weave in and out. And it really inspired me to think about how to ultimately build Bunton. Hmm. So did you end up uh, staying in the account track? So, yeah. So, sorry, I forgot the question. Um, I stayed on the account track. When I came to our agency in Nashville, I, I wanted to and had an opportunity to take a detour from Chicago somewhere else before I came to Nashville. And I had an opportunity to go in all likelihood to Fallon. And it was a hell of a time to be there. And, but in Minneapolis, in Minneapolis, but the, my now wife, then girlfriend said, look, I was going to Nashville, whether I ever met you or not. And I'm not oh, going to Minneapolis. So in, in, in the proper side of my decision-making tree, I, I came to Nashville and I stayed in a brand management for a while and then ultimately started a strategy practice for us. And then ultimately from that move became a, actually I've got it backwards, Gino, sorry, it's, Account management to copywriter, right. up to creative director, and then over into our strategy practice. And I sort of live where emotions and words and strategy intersect. So was the plan always kind of like to go back home to Nashville, like missed it? I, the plan was to, to, once I figured out what I thought was missing, which was really understanding people. And I believe that the people who understand People, the, the deepest yeah. can do the most extraordinary things. Do you think going to leave home 
to kind of solve that mission, whatever you were missing. Do you think it was necessary to, to, to venture out of the comfort zone? Oh, for sure. For sure. And would I be better or worse if I'd done one or two or three more tours of duty? Who knows? Who, know, who knows? It was essential to grow up on a farm for where I am. That was essential. To get into this was essential. To figure out what I thought was off about it was essential. To try to find art, writing, and first-person empathy is the path to get to what's on was essential. And so that's the way it's unfolded for me, and it's how I approach, you know, kind of now everything. Got it. Yeah. I'm just thinking about the listeners out there. Um, mm. how, how, do the, how does this apply to them? Like, what are some key takeaways for those that are maybe in college or they just graduated, like, how can we kind of apply this to well, their journeys? Well, I, I would say, yeah, I'd love to speak to that. I, and I do spend time with tons of, sometimes they're candidates. Sometimes they're just like, hey, talk to this person. So I do yeah. like that. And I don't know if I'm good at it, but I, I, I don't mind sharing what I think. Let's hear it. Things that, are, that matter. First, I would say, find out why you love this and get ready for it to evolve. You know, I, and for me, find out why you, what you maybe don't love about this, but instead of being defeated or letting that move you out of it, like rally around what to do about it. So, because the whole thing is about solving problems and finding new ways to do things. So I like the tension between knowing what you love about this, that pulls you into it and finding some things you actually would do differently if you could, or, and then do them, try to do them. But I fell in love with the creative product. Like, oh man, there's nothing better than just holding a beautiful piece of work or, and you kind of got like, oh, you just appreciate the artfulness of it and the insight of it and the craft of it. And then you sort of go upstream. I went upstream from that to, I can see the concept behind that execution. Mm -hmm. And then upstream from that to, I can see the strategy behind that concept. And then upstream from that to, I can see the client business challenge they were trying to solve through that strategy. And then upstream from that to, I think in my career trajectory, it's been, I built, you build relationships with clients and that's meaningful. And now I'm kind of in legacy mode, which is how do we help people orient to this industry the right way? How do we do all the new modern things, but bring the timeless things forward? What's, let's name the rail yard. Why not? No. So for me, I think Find the things that you love and get ready for them to evolve and find the things that you actually feel could be better and embrace that and get positive about it, not negative. Get positive about it and let those things collide into each other. Oh, man, I love that. I know. It's like when I studied the classic ads and uh, how the industries and watching Mad Men and then entering the industry, things have changed. Like I, I you know, not to, probably for better. But yeah, learning that this stuff is going to evolve over time. But the at the heart of it, creative problem solving will always be there with human insight focus, uh, focus. And like you kind of alluded to in your in your trip to Chicago, is understanding that uh, empathy and having that and finding that with with a real conversation is super super important. And then for somebody, I guess then like you know traveling out, you know, would you recommend like going to different cities or, or is that not necessary with the, the virtual remote environment? I guess, I, can you speak to that and like, kind of like getting a foot somewhere? Yeah. I mean, if you're good, come to Nashville. That's the first thing I would say, you know, yeah. I, I think the world's so small and technology connects us in so many yeah. ways, but it also can strip empathy right out of you know, existence. And so I do feel like empathy is under assault and maybe even facing extinction in advertising. And so I, I, I am big on, 
And I don't think it's old school. I think it's going to become massively new school. Understand human beings. And so in terms of where to go to work or how to go to work, whether it's virtual or in person or whatever, all the new lexicon of ways to do it is be there with people whom you feel something with, you know, and I think it's really important for colleagues to feel that for you to feel that spirit back from an agency or back from a client, if your client side, the brand, you know, and, and, and get it right. So you stay longer than oop, the first time it doesn't feel good. You jump out. Like, I think that's not good. And it's actually, that doesn't build empathy that builds scar tissue. And I want people to kind of get it more kindred, kindredly right the first time. So they stay present for whatever they choose a little bit longer than is happening these days. You're touching on a lot of really, uh, of really interesting topics, I guess, you know, how do you find those right connections then, uh, so that they can ensure that they stay somewhere for a long time. And it's not because the, the market's hard sometimes and some, you know, they have to pay the bills. So they might just end up someplace because they have debt. Yeah. And I mean, practical needs, I know sort yeah. of, sort of supersede, can supersede, you know, um, uh, aspirational things, but I think, you know, it ought to be easier than ever to find the values of an organization or the values of people. And, yeah. you know, you, you, and I think we're interviewing for that. We want to know, you know, we want to know what your book looks like, or we want to know what you see in three or five years, or I want to know what brands you admire as a consumer. I want to know what you read and do for fun. I mean, I don't want to read your resume. I want to hear these things from you, but we're trying to like, Let's meet each other in some place where values intersect. I think it ought to be easier to discover that than it used to be. Um, and then I would encourage people to sort of try to choose that, comma, pays the bills, comma, yeah. you know, yeah. is in a city I think is cool, whatever. But, and it's probably easy to say, but. Um, yeah, but. I, I agree with you that it, it should be easier now with, with LinkedIn. You can go and connect with somebody, have honest conversations with somebody and, or do a podcast and have these interviews. Like there are so many creative outputs that you can d dive deep and learn about some, another human. And then you can take your time. If you ideally, if you start early enough, uh, so you're not waiting till your second semester, senior year, by the time you graduate, you do this networking a little bit earlier on yep. so you can right. uh, really get to know people. That's like my goal is when I talk to colleges, I try to encourage people to know exactly what role they, they think that they want, have a route to plan in. So the sooner they know that, then they can start networking appropriately at the right agencies. I think COVID set us back a little bit on this, right? Like we all kind of, you know, you, we, we not only were physically separated, but we kind of, it was very introspective. I think that was very healthy. And then also, but you don't want introspection to turn into isolation. Yeah. And so people are praying for another, uh, I don't know if I should, people, somebody saw, one of my friends saw a headline, like there was another, like a H1N2 or something. And he's like, oh, I need another lockdown. Like I'm craving another lockdown just to sit by myself. Like my generation, they like, they're like, yeah, they, they like sitting around at home doing like, they don't want to work in person, but uh, they're not in advertising. I thought the work certainly got done and a lot of good things occurred. I yeah. can tell you what I'm, what I missed and feel a little bit of a deficit is teams traveling together, you know, or go, going to the client meeting in person. You know, you learn a lot walking from the lobby of the client to the, oh, to yeah. the boardroom, like you pass yeah. by their break room, you pat, 
you know, you, you can bounce in and get invited in the in a ideation session. Like, it, yeah, to, as a junior, you need to show up. And then also for executives, it helps them out when they're teaching because it reinforces what they're doing. You, you so go if, to you go to dinner. Somebody's like, "Can I get you a coffee?" And you know, it's yeah. the boss asked you that instead of you asking the boss that. And oh, well, yeah. guess what? All this humanity shows up. Yeah, and humanity it, underneath the the. You know, it's, this is hard. This, this, if you want the easiest thing to do, don't do this. So we, I feel like that foundation of humanity happens traveling, happens in person, yeah. happens going to, it also happens this way. We've got it already, Gino, but it's like, yeah. if I come to Chicago, I'm going to look you up because we ought to do it also in person. Under yeah. This. I just think right. we're, there's a little bit of a post COVID deficit of that, that would be mm -hmm. good for the next generation of job seekers to seek like values because th that will put the humanity in. I love it. I gave somebody a hug today and I think people were shocked around who <laughs> they're like, as my buddy and we're just messing around. Uh, but people were like staring, like, did you, just, I'm like, I don't think anybody's seen anybody ever give a hug before. It was awesome. Yeah. But good. the reflection of like, yeah, like some of those, you know, uh, some of those reactions maybe pent down inside. So I guess, how can people connect with you? And, and you know, is there an internship? Is there yeah. entry-level jobs? And if they have questions, they want to go to Nashville or they're, they're there now, how can they find you and learn more about Bunton Group? They can find Bunton, the agency, at buntongroup.com. You can find me, Jeffrey Bunton Jr., Jay Bunton Jr., at LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. I'm not there that much. I, and I, I am me, but the agency is everything other than me and way more important and right. the sort of place to lean into. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're everywhere we're supposed to be as an agency in terms of finding us. And we try to be very responsive to people. Um, and we're always looking for, I mean, you know, hopefully it feels it through the audio. We're, we're looking to just meet and know people because it stimulates the way we do work. And so I, anybody who's curious about us based on this or whatever, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a careers at buttongroup.com email address that you'll find on our website, or I'll take, you know, any direct notes anybody wants to send and we'll be responsive. And, um, that's who we are. We're better if we know new people. Heck yeah. That, that should be Music to the listeners' ears. I appreciate you coming on the show. Great work. Thanks, Gina. Appreciate it very much. Thank you.